You are listening to the Just Build It podcast with Paul and Dave. This podcast is dedicated to the millions of entrepreneurs trying to take an idea and make it into a successful business. This is our story. It's so easy to lose focus when you're building a business. Creativity has so many avenues which can be opportunistic or a curse. In this episode, we'll explore what methods and processes Dave and I put in place to help us stay focused and give us a chance to move our business from concept to traction. I've had the opportunity to watch Dave work and launch numerous businesses over the years. What is particularly fascinating with you, Dave, is that you never just work on one company at a time. Generally, you're working on three to four at any given time. Without some focus, this can get very chaotic, I would presume. Can you share your methodology with the audience on how you stay on track with each of your individual companies as you work on numerous companies at the same time? Yes, uh, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, as we talked about in the other show, I do do multiple things at once. I'm kind of a multi-threaded, I have a multi-threaded mind. And it is super easy to get lost and get confused. And um, even when you're focused on one thing, it's easy to get lost and confused, but particularly when you're, you know, jumping between different projects. Um, And so what I've, what I've figured out and I've gotten better at this over time. I mean, there were times where I really was all over the map and had a hard time uh, pushing certain projects forward because of that. But but one thing that was really cool that I, I did is when I started mentoring others, I had to be more specific about, um, and by the way, when I, when I, when I say mentor, what I, I, you know, I did what a lot of entrepreneurs do. I started, you know, giving my advice. So an entrepreneur would come to me and ask me for advice, or I would ask them, you know, Hey, what are you working on? And I would just give my advice like, Hey, here's what I do. And then I quickly realized that that's not really the best way for me to help. The best way for me to help was the old, uh, I think it's a Chinese saying, you know, give a man a fish he eats for today, teach a man a fish he eats for life. And so I thought like, yeah, that's the way. Instead of telling him or her what to do, I'm going to teach him or her how to create, get their own answers. And so in that process, I uh, had to define my process clearly because I was trying to communicate to somebody else. And so I developed this this process called Insight Driven Iteration. I've talked mentioned a few times in this podcast. And so that is my roadmap. So I have a roadmap for every project. I have, you know, a series of steps that I go through to test an idea. And I document that in writing using, you know, some forms and, you know, the method doesn't really matter. But the the important point is that you're putting it down on paper. In my case, it's not paper, it's on a digital app, but you're putting it into words. And it's, it's super important to do that because that captures where your mindset was at the time. So with come with, for example, like we've done problem validation, we're now building the first MVP. Here are the objectives of what we want to accomplish with this next experiment. Boom, boom, boom. So I write that down and then I go, I might go spend a couple of days working on something else. But when then I come back and I want to work on come with again, I can pull up that document and I can see exactly where my mind was at that time, two days ago. And I can just pick it up from there. It kind of like takes me back, almost like a time machine, takes me back to that mindset. And so that roadmap, <clears throat> that, that process really is a roadmap. It's kind of like you're walking through the woods and you, you get lost, and you take a side path and 
you get lost and you pull up a map. You're like, oh, okay, I see where I am. That literally is the roadmap that I use. And, um, and so that's how I stay. That's how I stay focused. Well, it's interesting you said that because uh, I, as we talked about, I'm an advisor with, with your company or on multiple, multiple product projects that you do. So I get to see, and you update me on what you're doing and, and the platform that you use actually is, is Basecamp, right? Right. Yeah. I've been using Basecamp forever. I love it. It's simple. It's a, you know, groupware kind of project management application and it doesn't ha- the thing that's cool about it is it doesn't have, you know, there's like Microsoft projects with use Gantt chart. There's other project management tools that are more traditional project management, but this is just more open. You know, you have to-do lists and I use what I call OKRs. You have a message board, you have a document area. It's very generic, you know, and, but it allows everybody to collaborate on the documentation and kind of keeps all the communication in one place, much more organized than email. And so I use it for everything. And so without, without Basecamp, I would truly be lost. Like I would, I guess I would have to use paper, right. Um, which I couldn't share with you as easily. So, so yeah, Basecamp is absolutely critical for me. I don't know what I would do without it. I think I've been a customer for 15 years, maybe. Yeah. And you, and when you uh, communicate with us, you, you, you put it in Basecamp, it sends us a notification that you've updated it. It allows us to comment on it and give you feedback. But, you know, from, from my perspective, it, it, it it lets us know where what you're working on, which of your businesses you're working on, um, and where where your thoughts are with that, so that we can stay in tune with it. So that when we do have a discussion uh, with you, we're up to speed on it. And yeah, it's let's, not, let's let's yeah. talk about that for a second because I think what a lot of people do, particularly in in companies, is they do the staff meeting or whatever, where everybody goes around the table and gives an update. And I hate those meetings because they're such a waste of time. So what, what Basecamp does, and this is, we're not sponsored by Basecamp, by the way, I should say that because I'm sorry to sell my ad, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, you can get those updates online. You don't need to waste an hour of having everybody go around the table. You, if you put your updates in Basecamp, you can just read, it takes me like, you know, two minutes to read everybody's input. And then when you meet, you can talk about the higher level things. Okay, now that we have now that we have a base understanding and everybody knows the current situation, here's a decision that I need to make. Let's talk about that decision and figure out what we're going to do. So it's much it's a much high it raises the level of advice that you can get. I mean, if you and I meet an hour a month a month and I spend the first 45 minutes telling you what's going on, like there's very little time for anything else. Right? So I use I use Basecamp to do to keep people updated, so I don't have to go around and do the staff meeting thing. And and it is true because once we had a conversation, I immediately go, "Hey, I I saw your Basecamp. I saw you're working on this." And then I start asking some questions with regards to it. Like we we get into a discussion within three or four minutes of a conversation. Yeah, um, and it's very efficient uh, way of doing it. And also, I think there's some accountability. Because yeah. because at that point in time, it's like uh, you usually say this this is where I was at this point in time, and then you give some description about this is what I did, or I'm pivoting on certain things, so that we have a reference to go back and say what did you pivot on, when were you thinking about that, and for for you, there's some accountability to say 
hey, I try this or I'm pivoting because of X, Y, and Z. Or yeah. we've, I've done these these pieces of it. And you know, we'll talk a little bit more about, we'll touch on OKRs being uh, objectives, key results uh, in a little bit. But, but you utilize those so that we can f- track you very easily and say, hey, I get what you're doing. Now, how can I help? How can I give advice? What are my opinions about this? Or ask some questions about why, why are you doing this? I just need some clarification just so I get a better understanding of what you're seeing in the marketplace right now. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's so critical. It's just great that you hit on this because accountability, I use the advisors to create accountability. Because without them, I'm accountable to no one, you know, because the way I, I value freedom probably more than any, any one, anything else in life. And so I've created this great life where I'm free. I'm basically free from accountability right now. If you think about it, like I, you know, I, I own 90% of the company I'm working on. I have you know a couple investors, but they haven't put in that much money. You know, I used to I used to have this joke where it was like I'm only accountable to as a solo entrepreneur, I'm only accountable to to God and my wife. And, you know, I got divorced, so I got rid of one of them, right? <laughs> so it's like I'm not really accountable to anybody. So the problem with that is if I fail to deliver, like it doesn't really matter. You know, and i am accountable to customers and so there's some stuff in there too, but like basically I could just like screw off the whole time if I wanted to, there wouldn't be that many consequences. So I use the advisors to create that accountability. So I create a traction report, which uh, I'm starting to do like every quarter now. I do uh, monthly updates on Basecamp and then a quarterly traction report. And so knowing that I have to write that traction report where I'm showing, here's what we said we're going to do. And then here's what we did do. And knowing that that's going to be viewed by people that I respect that creates the accountability because I don't want to look like I don't want to look like a schmuck, you know, in front of my advisors. Sure. And so, so that goes to the next question: is it, you know, in a startup, you can't have necessarily long-term objectives or time frames. Uh, so, I, I think you had mentioned that you 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 go month by month, right? It's the m- month by month is the accountability, or how do you set it up? Yeah, no, it's really, really important question. So I do weekly OKRs. So OKR, there's a, a book written by John Doerr that's really good called OKRs. It stands for Objectives and uh, Known Results. And it's a really simple framework of just organizing your, you know, your important to-dos, basically. So I set an objective. Objective might be, you know, finalize the product spec for come with. And it, there's an art in setting objectives, right? Because you the art is finding something that you can accomplish in a week um, that isn't too much to do in a week, but isn't too little to do in a week either. So you kind of learn over time how to define that um, to be about a week's worth of work. And then, um, and then you just tick off, you know, the things you accomplish to achieve that objective every week. And so I update that uh, in Basecamp. And then I use those OKRs to do the monthly updates to the advisors. And I don't have to rewrite anything. I'm basically just cutting and pasting the previous kind of a sample of old weekly OKRs to kind of summarize what we've accomplished. Um, and then um, and then that's it. I think, I think it is hard to set long-term goals because you don't know how this story is going to play out. It's very difficult to set like quarterly goals, for example – that are really specific 
because, um, I mean, I think at most you can say is, hey, over the next quarter, I want to develop one startup that's ready to spin out. Or I want to have, you know, one of my projects start generating revenue, you know, so you, I think you can do generic goals long-term, but the specificity has to be reserved for just this week. Like what's going to happen in the next seven days. Um, And then in addition to that, I have like super long-term goals, which are, you know, I don't spend time writing about them because they're so long-term, but it's kind of the sets the intent example of that is I want to build 150 startups. I think it's going to take 20 years. I hope it takes 10, but something like that. Like, I don't really know how that's going to play out, but I know I have this longer term intent that we want to build lots of startups using the studio model. And that's not something I think about a lot because it's so far off. And the best way to build 150 is to build one right now. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's how I that's how I think about that's how I think about goals and that's how I break it down. Well, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. So so if you're if anybody if the audience is looking for more information on the OKRs, which are objective key results, uh, there's a, actually a good book that I read called Measure What Matters, and that's the I think the book that uh, Dave was referring to called From John Doerr. But it's 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 a very it, it, it's a process that's used by a lot of startups. Um, it's heavily used in Silicon Valley. There are companies such as Google and Intel that are using it. Um, but it would start in the 1960s. Um, the father of OKRs is, is Andy Grove, who was the former CEO of Intel. But it's really built to align an organization from the top down and bottom up. And you know, it, it's interesting that that Dave's using it as an, as as you know a single entrepreneur, but it also helps as Dave expands his business. It, it becomes even more crucial because um, you know the top-down component of it is that the 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 founders or whatever the executives will create what they feel is the most important things for the company to focus on. Usually there's three or five objectives and they're all measurable. Yeah. No, here's where it's, I'll give you an example, a recent example of how helpful it is. So I'm, you know, I'm looking for a dev team to build out the prototype come with. And if you paint the big picture of come with, it's like, okay, it's an in real life social app that's going to change the world in terms of how people make friends and do things in the real world. Okay. So that's a huge vision, but that's not the objective. The objective is, you know, we need an MVP that costs 15 grand that allows a customer to view experiences and participate in them. Okay. So that's like a super specific so I give that objective to the team because the dev team is looking at this thing and like, okay, how much do we have to build? Like, are we going to build this to be like the next meetup or the next Twitter? Or are, right. we just trying, or are we just trying to get a couple customers to use it? Like, so like having that, the OKRs or having a clearly stated objective really focuses everybody on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And um, you're really, really critical to do that. Um I think in any organization, but particularly when you have just really limited resources, you've got to like focus on the right things and not not have too much scope in what you're doing because you'll just get overwhelmed and you won't won't be able to pull it off. Yeah, and then just to build upon that, then it would be the dev team or the business development team to then say, okay, we understand what the objectives are of the the corporate focus for this period of time. Now I've got to build my objectives and have them measurable. 
and and be able to then say, here are my key results. This is how I'm going to get to those objectives that I'm putting that are aligned with the corporate ones. So everybody's then becoming the CEO of their own domain and saying, this is what I'm responsible for, but this is an alignment um, with what the corporate objectives that are stated on there. So yeah, yeah. And back to how you operationalize this, this is where Basecamp comes back in, right? So I, I, there's a tool, a module in Basecamp, which is called to do's. It's where you're supposed to put your do list to do list. And I rename that because you can rename the tools. I rename that OKRs and I put the objectives in there that here's, the, here's one objective and here are the known results that we hope to accomplish. And then I share that with the dev team and without even having a conversation, it's super clear to them what we're trying to accomplish, right? They just have to log into Basecamp and look at it like, oh, okay. And then if they have questions, they can ask me. But, you know, that kind of clarity is just uh, absolutely critical and, and really, really powerful. And for you, when you're trying to figure out what the dev team's doing, you can obviously have access and be able to visibly see what were their objectives that they're doing and well, how are they measuring them and how is their progress? So you don't necessarily have to have a conversation with them every single day. You can look to see where they're, what, where they are and how well they're tracking on it. And if they're tracking well, then, then that's great. And if they're not, then you're, you're pro- helping them problem solve. To yeah. And, and, yeah. Let me add to this in Basecamp, everything is, has a comment thread below it. So if the dev team has questions, which they very often do, I prefer to have them ask me those questions in Basecamp because then there's a record of it, right? Like if he had, if the dev had called me instead and we had a phone conversation, there's still a lot of chance for misunderstanding because it's not written down anywhere, right? It's like, oh, I remember you said that and I thought you meant this and I thought you meant that, whatever. There's just huge opportunity for miscommunication. So I, instead, I put it on Basecamp so that there's a record. You can go back and refer to it. You can show your other engineers, well, here's what Dave said about this particular feature. There's a record of it, which becomes the specification document. And then the only time you need to talk live, really, is when there is something super confusing. There's a, something confusing that you can't clarify through the, through the uh, message thread. And in that case, okay, let's have a Zoom call and just clarify where the confusion is. So I find that to be super effective, also a great way to manage remote teams, you know, and as everybody is remote these days, um, it's definitely, it's almost a better way to manage it sure. than, than being in person. Absolutely. No, I think that's, that's a great, uh, it's a great methodology. I've implemented, implemented it many times, not even just in startups, but I've also worked with um, larger organizations that are trying to get focused. And this is a methodology that's that's been wonderful and people really embrace it. And there's a simplicity to it. And yet it's not simplistic <laughs> in a way. But once you get the process going and you start understanding and it, it really helps you start to look at everything in terms of, is my goal metric driven? I mean, how am I going to gauge whether I succeeded or not? And did I succeed or didn't I succeed? Am I setting goals that are, are, are you know, um, and they're supposed to be stretch goals. They're supposed to be pushing you. But it's also important that you be able to, that you, you track and that you can really figure out if you've succeeded on it or not. And that's going to help you stay lean and agile and decide whether to pivot or not. And also know where you're, you're progressing. 
So I think it's a great methodology. It's it's great, Dave, that that you give some real life uh, examples of how you're using it in the startup, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and on the metrics, definitely metrics driven. I mean, I try to quantify as much as I can and be as specific as possible. Um, but that again is an art, you know. Like an MVP example would be like, hey, I want to spend uh, no more than. 15 grand and have this done in 60 days. Okay, that's a metric. And so we're going to fit within that scope. Longer term, you know, 150 startups, that's a quantif- That's a metric. I put a number to it. But if you ask me like what kinds of startups, B2B, B2C, you know, I don't know anything about that beyond, I can't be that specific at this point. All I can be specific about is how many I want to create because I want to create a lot of them. And so I think, yeah, you want to quantify the best that you can um, without being too, too, without boxing you in, in a, in a long term. Well, it's also interesting because we talked about the objectives, but then you would actually take the key result. Now the key results would be three to five, um, uh, bullet points that you would have under a specific objective that really basically tells you how you get to where you're supposed to go. So Dave, when you said, Hey, I, I want to build, you know, a, a, um, MVP within 60 days, um, that costs $15,000, then you would have a series of key results would basically say, this is my roadmap to achieve that, that, um, objective. Yeah. So example, example that I just went through is would be like, okay, one key result would be, I have to define the pro I have to finish the product spec, (laughs) right? So in order to build the MVP, I've got to define every feature, all the product requirements, you know, so there's a couple of documents I use to, Create that deliverable. So that's a key result. So boom, I've got to do that. And then I have to. And you put a time frame associated with that. For time frame, yeah. Right. Put a time frame. And I'm, I'm notorious for missing the deadlines. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's that's something where I'm, I try to be, I try to forgive myself. Um, like if I, if it takes me two weeks and I was hoping to get it done in a week, I'm like, that's okay. Because, you know, I didn't really know how long it was going to take until I got into it. I used to beat myself up about that quite a bit, but I just don't. I'm like, okay, I'm, I just know I need to try to drive this. And if I'm late, maybe I'll you know, spend a little bit more time on this project and take time away from other things to kind of get this done. Um, but then, you know, then I put it out for bid. If I'm hiring a team, you know, I usually use Upwork. So like, okay, another key result is like write up the description and get bids from Upwork. And then another key result would be, you know, uh, qualify people that you want on the short list of who you who you want to hire, and then ultimately you know decide who the who the team is that you want to work on this. So those would be examples of um, known results. And in that case, you still haven't built the MVP, right? So you have to like go to the next week, keep that same objective, which is to build this MVP in sixty days, uh, and then come up with the new known results that need that will push the ball forward again for a little bit further for this coming week. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And, and like I said, I think that um, it's, it's something that that's great to start early in a startup. Um, and because it's, as you start adding, adding layers of people in your organization and, and you start expanding, if you can keep this methodology in place, it really scales with your business and it's going to make it a lot easier for you to stay very lean and agile. And for you as, as a founder or a CEO of the company to really track the progress of your team 
and empower each one of your team members to manage their goals and to document their goals on a regular basis so that there's visibility and everybody can really see which parts of the organization are doing what, collaborate together. And so if one or part of the organization is having trouble, it's visible to the other side so that they can help. Because that's what this whole thing is about is collaboration. It's a collaboration tool. Yeah, that's a great point. Because, you know, just to put that, make a finer point in that as, uh, or use an example rather, um, you know, I'm working with a guy who I want to help. I'm trying to get him to help me fundraise. And so for him, I'd be like, okay, here's the objective. We want to, you know, get 250 investors and put in five grand, 1.2 million raise. That's the objective. Now, come up with some OKRs that are going to help us get there, right? So I kind of can assign that to that person, delegate, and then have him or her come up with, uh, you know, with their own OKRs and then look at them. It's like, does that seem right? Is that kind of the right objective or do we need to change that objective? Um, And then you're just trying to get a mental alignment on um, that objective. And then you let the people who hopefully you're working with that are better and smarter than you like figure out how to accomplish that. Yeah. And I think that's so key is, is that, you know, the, the objectives are, com- the corporate objectives that are coming from you, but the actual, you know, specific objectives for a department or, or, or individuals that are running that department, whether it's technology or it's coming from them. They're the, the experts. And so they're the ones that are saying, this is what I think we need to do. These things should be my focus to accomplish your corporate objectives. And this is how I'm going. And and then everything that I I state that I'm going to do is going to be visible to everybody in the organization. So everybody can see who's doing what, how they're tracking. And again, it just offers a lot more visibility to the organization, but it keeps everybody completely aligned from top to down, down up. Yeah, totally. And it's it's funny that we're talking about this because I think – I think it's the power of OKIs, OKRs plus Basecamp, you know, or some other, I mean, it doesn't have to be Basecamp, obviously, but some other collaboration or anything, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways you could do this, but, um, but I think it's the power of both of those things where everybody sees the big picture, but also sees how their, their component fits in. And that's pretty cool. Awesome, Dave. I really appreciate your feedback on this. It was a great discussion. And um, I really appreciate your insights into your methodology for for staying focused and in something that could be quite chaotic, especially when you're working on multiple companies at the same time. So thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure, Paul. Yeah, looking forward to next time as well. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Just Build It podcast with Paul and Dave. We are committed to assisting entrepreneurs and their companies, and we invite our listeners to join our community at JustBuildItPodcast.com and sign up to become a volunteer to inspiring entrepreneurs to help them build and scale their companies. As a volunteer, we ask for less than one hour a month. Thank you.